Yes, team, how are we? Welcome back to another episode of the High Performance Coach Podcast. I hope all is good in your world today. We are joined by a very special person in my life, uh, somebody that's been on an amazing journey, somebody that took what was obviously at the time a big uh, risk uh, that is now kind of paid off and what he's been able to build, develop, grow, do and uh, ascend into has been absolutely insane. So I'm unbelievably excited to uh, bring in the nine to five athlete, Mr. Ryan Sturton. How the devil are you, my friend? Very well, mate. Very cold, but very well. Maybe <laughs> a little bit colder up this neck of the woods than it is where you are right now. In Costa del Forfa, mate. Costa del Forfa. Mate, I, t- I went. I met <laughs> back in, back in, when was it like February, March? February, March time, a message you'd be like, mate, I'm in Forfa. You're like, what, is, what are you doing? What are you doing in Forfa? Why, why are you even in Forfa, mate? Beautiful place. Yeah, certain areas. You can, you can certainly find them. Um, but yeah, um, I like four for much more now than I did a couple of years back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. We won't go. We won't go into that story, but it still, uh, it still brings, uh, still brings a smile to my face every single time I, I reflect, obviously, on uh, on that experience and uh, and that time. And dude, obviously, last week ran uh, the second nine to five athlete event. Is that correct? Yeah, the second one. Um, just there was even more people at this one. It was. It was bigger. It was. It was. It was better. It was. Yeah. It was crazy. I'm still kind of riding the wave of the the high that I had from that event. Amazing, dude. And how many people did you have in the room? Uh, there was around about there was around about fifty people in the room. Um, which was it was mad to just see that in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, mate, absolutely amazing. I know that Dan had obviously came out here and it's like Dan had basically done like a race across the world. He basically gone from Cornwall to Bristol, Bristol to Spain, Spain then to Forfa or to Edinburgh, Edinburgh to Forfa, back to Edinburgh and then back down to Cornwall, literally like in like 40 in like 48 hours. But obviously having him in him in the room was that uh, was incredible and the guys really enjoyed his talk as well. Oh, they absolutely loved it. I just I knew when I heard him speak back in February sharing his story about the the whole like the deck at Iron Man and with his brother, I was just like, I need everyone else to hear that story. So it was it was a privilege to actually be able to get him up. And as you say, he travelled halfway across Europe to, to get to Forfa. <laughs> yeah, mate, absolutely. And in terms of obviously you now running events, with that now being the second event and having 50 people in the room, what were the feelings, the emotion, and uh, what were some of potentially the biggest challenges that you've had like leading up to, to running client events? Because I think this is something that a lot of people would love to do, but there's so many potential fears, barriers, and or they don't necessarily know how to. Yeah, um, I suppose when it, when I did the first one, there was probably a lot more, um, a lot more fear around it. Like with it being my first like actual speaking gig that I'd ever really done. I'd done small little groups before, but this one was going to be the first time I'd had anywhere over twenty people in front of me. And um, yeah, it was just. I suppose for me, the the thing I kept telling myself was, this isn't meant to be easy. You're not meant to nail it the first time. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to sweat. You're going to stutter. Just just go and do that. That's fine. Like It's okay to do that. And then by the time I got around to the second one, I kind of realized to myself that I was like, right, okay, this isn't actually really about you, Ryan. And I was able to take that weight off my shoulders and go, you're just the facilitator of the day. You just make this happen, work at the logistical things. And it just kind of then run like clockwork after that when I took the pressure off myself because I think a lot of people get caught up in the fact that I need to make this amazing, I need to be amazing, I need to say all the right things, but that couldn't have been further from the truth. I was essentially just like a stand-up um, comedian on the day. I was just, I didn't really say anything in relation to fitness or nutrition. That's it, man. I think it's one of those, like you say, you when you realize actually it's not about you, you're just simply the facilitator. Uh, and those people are just now wanting to be in a room because they now actually want to connect. 
it's never really the content per se. Uh, it's always actually just the environment and just their like openness to now be able to go and meet other people that are now going on a very, very similar journey and just have like other conversations and um, just be able to be around other people that are like them. And I think when you remove that pressure from making it about you and you can also now understand what are going to potentially be some of the fears, the barriers and all the beliefs that they're maybe going to have that's going to stop them from getting themselves into the room. And you can now bridge that gap. You can create like a really, really powerful uh, energy and environment and uh, also an exceptional event. And I know that you sent me a couple of messages, obviously, that you'd received off the back of that. So it had been uh, incredibly well received. Yeah, there's, it, honestly, after both of these events, like the the wave that I'm riding in terms of the motivation and the just the feeling that I get from these events, I think pretty much everyone else that was there is also riding that wave. And although these events are not put in place for any sort of like business related thing, but the just the buy-in you get from your clients, the long-term buy-in, they're like, well, the next one's in six months. Am I hell missing that? Like I'm, I need to be involved in these sort of things. And I honestly will I'd say it and I'll say it again, I'll say it again. Like it's the best thing I've ever done for my business is run one of these events. Um, and you just need to get over those barriers of kind of need to get over yourself first to actually just go and put one of these in place because you don't need to be a good public speaker because by hell was I a good public speaker. I didn't have any experience in the whole thing. But after the first event, it's like, okay, I can actually do that. I can facilitate an event like this and I can speak for 20 minutes about something that I'm really passionate about. And all my clients, like I've pretty much every single one of them that have been at both have always given me great feedback on it. And they're like, we need more of this. We need to do it again. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been absolutely unreal doing these things. Yeah, amazing, dude. And if we now kind of rewind the time, because it hasn't always been this way, we haven't uh, been running events with 50 plus of our clients in, et cetera. If we now go back to the very first day that we had a conversation, uh, you were sat in your mum's spare bedroom. And uh, at the at the time you were, I think you were doing it, were you doing a night shift in Amazon? I can't remember whether it was a night shift or a day shift. Indeed, night shift. It was a night shift. It was a night shift in Amazon and Mate, you're at a point where we didn't have a coaching business really at the time and uh, we were kind of a bit stuck. But mate, expand and uh, tell me a little bit more around where you were at that moment and uh, what led to us jumping onto that call. Yeah, so I mean, off the back of COVID, I kind of just I wrapped up my strength and conditioning degree. So I was moving in a direction where I was like, right, okay, I, I want to do something with this. I want to go into the strength and conditioning field been doing a little bit of personal training I'd maybe had about a year and a half experience personal training um COVID obviously hit and I then didn't really have anything else so I had to do I had to make some money I was in a place where I'd only been self-employed for six months so there was no financial help there so I was like right okay Amazon night shift is pretty much the only thing that's this is one of the only gigs that was still going with COVID lots of other things were shut down so I did that. I was in that for about six to seven months. And it was it was a totally, it was a humbling experience. I'm not saying it was the worst job in the world. I feel like I've probably done worse, but it made me feel as though I was like, okay, you, the, it, you're going to be stuck with this unless you really pull the finger out and do something. And just by absolute chance, I was sitting on one of my night shifts scrolling through some content. I think the algorithm had spewed you up to me and I was like, right, okay, what's this? The coach's coach. I think it was um, at that point. And I was just like, I didn't even know it was you that I needed because with a lot of people, I know they'll probably have scrolled your Instagram for a while, looked at the high performance coach, 
hmm, this seems like a bit of me, maybe six months go by, then they commit. But for me, it was it was a little bit different. Like it was it was a very much an impulsive decision based off of maybe seeing two of your posts. And I was like, if I want to pull the finger out, I need a bit of help here because the way that I'm living does not support trying to become this online coach, really great personal trainer in the area. So I was like, let's just go and see what see what this is, see how this works. And um, I must admit, my Amazon wage, for the most part, was going on kegs for my beer keg I had at home and other various things. But I thought, let's invest the last little bit of cash I've got left here from this night shift into this. And what's the worst that can happen? And then, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> Amazing. And now, right now, buddy, we just passed a 100 client mark. Yeah, so got the business to a place where we have yeah a hundred a hundred paying clients um in the door, which is is crazy to say. Amazing, and again, I quite often reminisce and reflect and uh, go back to obviously that point where we were, like obviously having having that conversation and just to see uh, obviously the growth and the evolution has been has been absolutely huge. Out of curiosity, what do you now believe has been some of the key integral things that has taken you from uh, Amazon Night Shift, having done your SNC kind of degree, to now a uh, hundred, a hundred clients? So yeah, um, when I first joined, like it wasn't really, it wasn't really the the business thing that I needed to go all in on. I I only started my business. It was, and you say it, and you've said it for the last three years over and over and over it's like get the get the person thriving the the money and the business sort of people will follow and butcher that quote there but you know what I mean um and it was it was about me first and foremost it was about the way that I was living it was about the identity identity that I was living within like I was just still this young guy who was maybe what was I 23 when I first joined but I was still living as though I was maybe 17 18 years old and my life was centered around alcohol. It was centered around going out. It was centered around this kind of weekend lifestyle. And I then had this kind of disconnect between, right, okay, Ryan, you want to be a business owner. You want to be someone that um, makes money. You want to make a life. You want to actually do the things that you want to do, but you're still living like this young kid who's immature and kind of just using this as a little, as a PT is just this little gig on the side just to make it, couple of couple of coins um so i needed to really bridge that gap and i think within the first year of being in the high performance coach that's what got challenged the most and that was one of the main changes that i made so it was the person first that really had to change amazing and i i still remember obviously there was a huge uh part of you that really wanted to step into the SNC realm and you wanted to go and do like the UKCA and then you were looking at obviously potentially now stepping into kind of like uh that that domain and and I still remember again like the call that we had I'd literally just been walking around the field uh with with Lola and then we had a conversation around actually if you were going to step into this online realm like what needed to happen what needs to change what do we now need to start to put in place and it was almost like I remember that call like it was yesterday and then straight off the back of that mate it was almost where the momentum really started to build because you were able to really step into yourself and that then became obviously the evolution which is now the the nine to five athlete yeah I mean I think I remember that call really really well as well because it was a turning point where don't get me wrong like the SNC kind of world um I'm sure there's loads of different avenues you can go down and have a really really successful career within that but what I found was is that I I just thought that's what I needed to do because that was the degree that I did and 
I'd kind of been told by lecturers, oh, you need to push into this football team and do this. But at that moment, what I started changing, changing the way that I was kind of posting things on Instagram, it was no longer about like, here's the best move in the gym to do. Here's the best um, meal plan. It was more a case of like, all right, who, who actually am I right now at this time in my life? And who can I get to relate to that? And initially it was pretty much all guys that had just been through that same process that I'd been through where I was changing my identity and I was beginning to actually focus on different things in my life. And I began to relate really heavily to those sort of people. And that's what began to build my business up first and foremost was relating to these young guys that were very much like me. And what were some of the challenges? If you can now reflect back, can you remember any like sticking points or friction that you felt obviously now stepping into this and actually allowing yourself to start to communicate and start to think, well, actually, what do I want to talk about and who am I? I think it was almost a case of like embarrassment about who I was just not that long ago. And it wasn't a case of, I wasn't ashamed of it because I knew that like everyone goes through phases in their life and everyone, everyone's young at one point. I can't give myself too much stick for that, but I was almost embarrassed to share where I was at that moment in time because I didn't think it was this, this amazing like business owner that's got X amount of clients. And I was like, I want to be that person, but I'm also embarrassed to share where I am right now. And I think that was one thing that I kept, I kind of just kept pretending I wasn't that person. And I was, I was still maybe going out a little bit more than I should have been. I was still maybe doing some silly things at that time. And I was almost embarrassed. Yeah, I was embarrassed to share where I was at that moment in my life. But that was the thing that was helping people relate to me. Um, but we, yeah, we got there eventually. I would say I'm much more open and honest with, with my journey now. And yeah, it's the best marketing tool you could ever have. And the nine to five athlete, what, what, what is the nine to, nine to five athlete and who is the nine to five athlete for and how did that come about? Yeah, so the nine to five athlete came about, well, I mean, I, I spoke about this at my event and initially I was Ryan starting personal trainer and then I was like, right, I need a new name. I was like RLS strength and performance. That's kind of like, like it's got a nice ring to it. It's kind of strength and conditioning um, sounding. And then off the back of that, I then stepped into the nine to five athlete because I've probably went another step forward with team nine to five athlete next, but the nine to five athlete was, it was the person that I looked around and I seen in for, for it was the person that I seen trying to, trying to step out of this identity of just, you know, the, the weekend warrior, the person that maybe jumps into the gym a couple of times a week and then maybe doesn't do the gym the next week because they've got so many things they need to juggle. They've got, the career, the kids, they've got the hobby, they're maybe playing football and they really don't know how to juggle all of those things. And it was almost about taking these guys that perceived themselves to be amateurs or semi-pros within whatever they did. And I'm not just talking about sport here. I'm not just talking about football, but they just perceived themselves to just be kind of like average, average people. Um, and I wanted to bridge that gap and help these people begin to adopt the lifestyle of a professional athlete without the full-time dedication of a professional athlete, taking all the things into consideration that people have on their plate when they're working a nine-to-five and trying to bridge that gap to help them live and feel like an athlete lives. Um, and that's how I feel right now. And that's that's what I've been able to do. I've been able to get the best of both, both worlds with social life, relationships, football, but also running this business. And yeah, it's not easy, but 
that's essentially what the nine to five athlete is. And it's this, it's the thing that I know is now the thing. It's the thing I'm passionate about. It's the thing that I love helping people with. And it's all shapes and sizes. It's women, it's male, mostly males, probably 80, 80 to 90%. But we just get so many different people coming in this door and it's not about, it's not about what they do. It's more about like who they are as well. Now it's about what they want to become. Um, so yeah, that's, we ended up at team nine to five athlete now, because it is, as I said, it's when we run these events, it's not necessarily about me. Like it's, it's about everyone and it's not just a coaching program, a one-to-one coaching program. Now it is a community. Like there's a hundred people in this group and it's yeah, something I couldn't have fathomed back when I was sitting on that Amazon night shift. And from a marketing perspective, what do you now believe you've done incredibly well? Obviously, you've spoken about like being who you are, being able to now share some vulnerability whilst obviously now being able to step into being kind of the leader and, and having that kind of inspiration element and component to that. What else do you now believe has been like a catalyst or a key integral piece of the marketing engine that's now allowed you to go from pretty much zero or a few coaching clients on the gym floor to now 100 online coaching clients? Yeah, so I think there's, there's a few different things. I think... First and foremost, it has been like a, I've had a hell of a strong referral system, not in, in the sense of having something in place, but just really good experience for the people that are in my program. I must admit, like I've done next to, and this is not me kind of bragging, but I've done next to no, um, like cold, not cold DMs, but like, you know, like DMing people, do you fancy joining the program and things like that? Like I've done next to none of that in a, it's almost happened by chance. Like clients have come quite organically. And I don't think I've really ever sat down to figure out why that is because it's happened so consistently over the past three years. Um, but I think it has been a combination of giving the people that come in the door the best service possible, going above and beyond for these people. Um, and they've kind of brought the clients to me. And what I've also done is, and I suppose it's beneficial in a sense because I come from a small town, but we've really been able to just create like almost like a nine to five athlete stronghold within Forfor and everyone knows about it. Like I speak to people in the pub and they're like, Oh, that thing you're doing looks really cool. Blah, blah, blah. And people know about it in my town. So the first thing that I did by accident or not is just go really hard in my local town, get people to know what I'm doing events. Like we do Sunday circuits, we do run clubs, I invite people in to come and watch some of my Zoom trainings. People hear the podcast. I speak about things that are going on locally. And that, I believe, well, to be fair, it's it's not that I believe it. It's true that 95% of my clients are from Forfar in the surrounding areas. Um, there's not that many that you would say are from, like, England or elsewhere, um, which, is, again, that's not right and that's not wrong. But, yeah, the stronghold being Forfar has probably been the best thing that I've, that I've done marketing-wise. Hey, I love that. And I'm so glad that you stepped into that because, uh, mate, I couldn't articulate that any better. Like proximity is power. And I think sometimes when you're in the coaching realm, you're always like, trying to think, right, well, okay, how do I now win the internet? It's like, before you try and win the internet, how can you now just start to win your community? How can you just start to win your environment that you're currently in? Because that is going to be like the greatest space in place where you've got connections, you've got relationships, you've also got that physical uh, component and being able to actually really think about like what's in my kind of like, three to five mile radius uh, that's now going to give me the possibility to be able to start to build connections, build relationships, build rapport, like develop obviously uh, trust and now really solve a, a, a problem and provide a vehicle that's a solution to that problem 
is so powerful. And I think for you, dude, it really comes down to a few things. Number one, building a great product, building a great program that now gets great results, which basically yields greater retention. Uh, and obviously as a byproduct of that as well, mate, you've then got people now telling other people, which is always going to be the most effective and efficient way for you to be able to scale and grow. Secondly, you've been able to now own like your community in terms of like, this is like, this is me. And now through the football side of things as well, mate, and obviously playing on a Saturday, uh, that's obviously just allowed you to become like the guy because people now like know you. And I think number three, then off the back of that, it's them being able to think about like the value distribution in terms of what can I now do and how can I now add as much value as possible whilst not expecting anything in return. So obviously like the events, the run club, the circuit, all the different pieces that you've now like done just out of like a willingness and a want has obviously now led to people being able to have a slice of the, a slice of the pie per se, which has then allowed them to experience you, what you're about, and then allowed them to step in, which I think is huge. And mate, I think that's something that I believe if so many other coaches were able to focus on like product and then community, like in terms of like, being able to really explore what's around them before they then try and like win 7 billion people on the internet or like in, in the world, then that would make a massive, massive difference. And dude, you're an absolute testament to that. And I think the great thing that I love about this is it's almost like three, it's almost like a 360 because before obviously you uh, kind of stepped into Amazon and then obviously the high performance coach, you you're in you're in Australia, correct? And you almost didn't want to come home. Yeah, very much. <laughs> um, I think it's it's quite interesting. It, it like it really is because even just give it two years back, my plan was me and Ellie were going to move to Glasgow because I couldn't move back to Australia. Like visa restrictions weren't lim I couldn't, and COVID didn't obviously help with that whole scenario. Um, and I remember just having a realization with myself at one point where I was like, okay, we're not moving to Glasgow. We got the flat in Forfar. And I was like, so Ryan, you can't change, you can't change Forfar overnight. So first of all, you got to change your, your own perception of what's going on here. And as you said, like I probably went full, full circle now where I have this like burning desire in my head right now that I want to make a change in Forfar because from where I was a few years ago, I see the problems that arise in this town with young guys and the mentality and essentially just the, the things that they do with their life. There's a lack of purpose, a lack of ambition. There is this kind of, there's almost this like this wall around for psychologically where people just do the same things every single week. 20 years go by, I see them in the same pub saying the same things, regretting the, the things that they were regretting when they were 20 and I want to try and have an impact within the community. And that's why I'm doing things like the run clubs, the events. Um, I've got a lot of plans for this year to run like kind of like a men's club on a, on a Thursday night, which is happening next year. And I want to just be able to try and, and it seems a little bit far-fetched sometimes when I do think about it, I'm like, can you actually do that? But from what we've been able to do so far with team 95 athlete, I just, I think there's a bigger impact that we can have in for for. So it's a case of not, don't remove yourself from for for Ryan be be the change that you want to actually see in the town through this program because something bigger can happen from this rather than just other than just having like a, a personal training program. I love that. In terms of the delivery piece, what do you now believe has been like key in terms of being able to deliver an exceptional service that has got great results and then has led to other people now telling lots of other people? Yeah. So when you have a hundred clients, it's, there's obviously time restraints and there's only so much time you can give people. But what I would say is, is like, I just make a point of 
trying to trying to get to know the person as best as possible. And I think the people that maybe fall through the gaps and the people that I haven't had the results with in the past have been the people that I've not been able to break down the barriers with and the people that I've not been able to connect with. And look, you'll not connect with everyone on the same level. Um, but being able to just really get to know my clients. And I know a lot of people will kind of make the comment, don't be too friendly with your clients. There's got to be a sort of barrier there. But I just, I, I genuinely just think it's bullshit because I've made some of the best friends I've got in my life now from being in my program the past couple of years. And funnily enough, those people tend to be the people that have had the most amazing results and the most amazing journeys. So like almost like making friends with these people and building a personal connection with them always helps me coach them. I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these people that will be a drill sergeant. I'm not just, here's the plan, follow the plan, ask no questions. Like I want to get to know you on a deeper level and I want to get to know what makes you tick. I'm by no means qualified in any sort of psychological reviews of people, but I think that the more that I've got to know people and the more that I've got to understand how people work, um, that's been the thing that's elicited the the best results. And it's, yeah, I think I maybe went off on a tangent with the actual question there, but it's been getting to know people and getting to know them well. That's been how I've been able to get the best results. And in, in theory, that's how I've been able to retain my clients <clears throat> you're a person first you know you're a person first coach second business owner third and i think everything is now built on a layer of a foundation which is which is at the core of everything which is relationships you know like we do business with people that we like we then do business with people that we trust uh and again it's actually now being able to obviously establish those and trust is like earned it's not given which is why again like going back to like the marketing side of things the, the proximity the value the value that you're now providing um that's obviously a key piece where you're just now kind of um building that trust and then when they come into the program there's also a greater degree of openness um and then obviously you have the the, the platform to then be able to go on that journey which is amazing and play obviously a long play a longer term game and I believe that that's at the core of of everything in terms of coaching and mate, you'll, you'll know this as well as I do coming from obviously the footballing kind of uh, background. Like if I look back at like all of my football coaches uh, and rugby coaches and different coaches, obviously over the years when I now played a whole host of, base, of, of different sports, it was like the manager that kind of got the best and the most out of you was always the manager that you had the greatest and the strongest relationship with that you trusted the most that genuinely gave a shit above and beyond just how you played on the pitch. Um, and I think that gives you like a level of safety and also like a, an opportunity to now be able to be kind of like open and be okay with trying things and being okay with failing and also being okay with actually just being you and being honest and actually now having somebody you can connect to because you now know they've got your kind of the, your best interests at heart, you know? So I think if I, if I look back at the foot, my kind of footballing days and I think the managers that I've had, it's like, yeah, it's all come down to the, the relationships. And when you have that, they can get the very best out of you. Right. Yeah. It's just the, the thing that was ringing in my head there was like Sir Alex Ferguson, like he used to know the names of, all the players' families, their their dogs, their wives, their children, and Sir Alex Ferguson himself, actually, even this is quite an odd tangent of a story, but he, he actually picked up my dad from a game back in the 80s. He got stabbed at a game of football. He picked him up and brought him on the team bus and brought him back to brought him back to Forford to his front door. And that's always like stuck in my mind is that like 
Sir Alex as a manager or as a coach, whatever way you want to frame it, like just going above and beyond and just knowing these little small minor details. And I know you're someone that's like amazing at this as well. Is and it's just a case of just caring and giving a shit, like actually caring about the things that go on behind people's like behind closed doors is it's just and like Ben Leader as well, like amazing at that. Just actually giving a shit just means so much. And you'd just like a football manager, you'd run through a brick wall for that person just because they give a shit about you. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And uh, this reminds me of basically when you became our adopted son and you came to Marbella for a uh, la- last year. Last year, I basically put out the invite to everybody if anybody wanted to come out to Spain. And mate, you were the only you were the only man at the time that wanted to come, and you ended up just moving into the house. You ended up moving into our house for like three days. Leanne cooked you the special poke bowls, the dinners, and uh, mate, I, t- I took you for avocado in uh, in Granola. Was it avocado? What was what was the avocado in? Was it in Granola? No, was it in porridge? Avocado in a granola bowl with like yogurt and that. I was still a little bit curious about that one. <laughs> yeah, I still remember. I can still I can still remember your face. I was like, mate, this is this is a bit this is a bit weird, a bit different. Uh, but that's it, you know. Like, and and I, I truly believe, obviously, mate, a, a huge reason as to why you've now been able to do what you've done is because of again, like the person centered uh, approach, which is now always going to win. How do you now believe you've been able to do that at scale? Because I feel as though one of the biggest challenges and barriers is uh, for a lot of people is they, they start to scale and they start to build and they start to grow and they start to obviously accumulate more workload. Um, that can obviously then start to have an impact if not managed correctly. So what would you say from a deliverable or from a system or process perspective, you're now going to have to put in place that has allowed you to keep that at the forefront? Yeah, so I think it's important to note that like when I say I have 100 clients, not every single one of them are on like a one-to-one basis where I'm spending like an hour with them every single week and we're not having a call every single week because as you could imagine, there's not enough hours in the week to do something like that. So the system that I currently have in place is that I will have the bulk of my clients working on the, the top program, but there is also a retention scheme where if someone perhaps wants to leave or where someone's maybe um, been in the program a really, really long time, there's another system where they maybe drop a level in terms of the actual time that they need from me in the terms in terms of the actual level of support that they need, they will then retain on maybe a, a different a different offer. And they kind of, I'm not saying they they float in the background, but these are the people that get get the work done. These are the people that just crack on with stuff without much support. And we maybe have like a monthly call, for example. Um, so this is where kind of the, the numbers come from. But this has also helped me then just keep that community really strong. So these people will be the, they'll be the grade A's that keep, they come to every event, they come to everything that I do. And it just, yeah, it just really keeps the, it keeps the community strong. And um, it keeps the, it keeps the business strong as well from like a, from a financial point of view. And it has been the, probably the reason that I've been able to, put so much back into this business this year in terms of investment the events obviously they cost money the clubs that i run and just the small little things like i've taken a few ideas from you guys with things like the socks and things like bits of merch and that and like that again helps build the brand um like i walk through forfer and every time i walk through forfer i see someone with one of my hoodies on which is again pretty cool so again probably went off on a tangent as to the first question that you asked me there but um yeah hopefully that makes sense yeah, absolutely. Would you believe it's been uh, a key factor behind the community component? Because I think this is something that so many struggle with. I know that years gone by, like obviously previously I struggled with that. Uh, I believe the high performance coach is now built on the the heartbeat, which is obviously the the community. What do you now believe you've done incredibly well to kind of kind of facilitate and uh, build such a, a a powerful place that people want to be a part of? 
Yeah, so it's, I don't, you could have asked me this question a year ago and I would have, like a lot of the time when you guys spoke about community, I was it was kind of going over my head and I was like, how do I even, how do I create that? Like, how does that work? But then I suppose after the first event, it, it clicked a little bit where I got everyone in the one room and had the round tables, made it about the people in the room and not about me. They started connecting, they started speaking to each other hearing stories of things that other people had done, being able to relate to them. Um, and this is where it really began to click only six or seven months ago. But since then, it's the trajectory of the community that I've got has just been like, it's been pretty colossal. And another thing that I kind of done as well, not again, not purposely, but I have my long-term clients, the ones that people love, they love seeing their story. And I will make a point of sharing these guys' stories, be it on my Instagram stories or be it on like a, a Zoom call, taking the, the guys and girls that have been in the program a long time and like doing things like we're doing right now, like the, the podcast where we share their stories and people then feel inspired and connected to these like high performing individuals within the program. And then that helps them go, right, okay, let me go and send him a message. Let me go and ask him how he done this. And I think now something I've got, and again, it's, it's almost by accident is, I probably got 10 to 15 people within this program right now that are almost like, almost like my little minions where like, they don't, even, it's not a spoken word. We've not said this, but my newer clients will be communicating with these experienced clients and like learning off of them. And it just begins to manifest itself as this, like this, I don't know. It's just like, it's like almost it works itself sometimes, but I just never thought I didn't know how to get there before, but when you run more of these like in-person events and when you get people together in a room, it does begin to stew itself. Yeah. I think mate for you as well, dude, you've been able to create a, a, a mission and a vision that's bigger and greater than you. When you have a vision and a mission that's greater in you than you, that other people now feel connected to and something that you clearly stand for stuff that you now still clearly stand against mate. that now really connects people. Again, I bring it back down to the football club mentality. It's like, it's like, right. Okay, Joe, it's like, I'm not a massive into football now, but it's like, if somebody asks me like, what football club do you support? I'm like, Leeds United. They're like, why do you support Leeds United? You literally never, you, you, you live in Scotland. You're from Devon. Never lived in Leeds. I'm like, well, because my stepdad supports Leeds. He supports Leeds because his dad supported Leeds. My dad, you know, I'm like, okay. So then it's basically becomes this thing. And it's like, I was then a diehard Leeds fan for, oh, that's my mom ringing me for my, for her birthday. <laughs> my mom's ringing me because it's her birthday. We're about to ring. We're about to every every time it's somebody's birthday in the household, we always ring. We always ring them and sing happy birthday. So she's clearly ringing back because she's now waiting for mine and Leanne's melody uh, to oh. be able to to Sarah to serenade her for her, for her, for her birthday. Uh, but again, like the the football the football club kind of mentality is actually just now very much looking at well, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose every single week. Like you now feel part of something that's bigger and greater than you. When you wear that badge and when you now feel as though that it represents something, um, it can be so so powerful because it's not about the result on the Saturday. You just now will always feel as though that you're connected to that kind of like the, 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 the turf, the ground, you know, what it represents. And it's not about like the 11 players on the pitch. And I think legacy, the, the New Zealand all blacks book, I think is just a testament to like how powerful that can now be. And it's like, you're playing for something bigger than you. And I think when you can create something that is bigger and greater than just you, that's when it becomes uh, just this, powerful force that does really kind of drive what you've been able to create and it's then culture is how you do things this is how we do things around here and you've been the facilitator of that that then is kind of seat down and then you have these other leaders that have now then been able to step up and and step in as they've been able to grow and evolve because they're now working and connected to something bigger than you but it takes 
first and foremost, mate, courage and bravery to be able to say like, this is me. This is what I stand for. This is what I want to do. This is the impact that I now want to have. To pick that five pound note off the floor, mate, takes, um, yeah, a, lo a lot of courage, which is a testament to you. What do you believe has allowed you to do that? has allowed you to go, right, okay, this is, this is, this is me. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is now basically the impact that I want to have. This is why making a positive change in port and forth is such a, a driving force behind my behavior. Yeah. Sticking my head above the parapet, really just being okay with like going and saying things on Instagram stories, putting posts up that, you know, for a fact, people are going to be reading that and thinking what a dickhead. Like, who does he think he is saying that that's not what we're about? And just like, and I know this is something that's like people go on about all the time, but like you want to be able to appeal to 10%, not not 100%. Like you want to appeal to the people that your people, like the people that want to be part of the nine to five athlete, people that align with the values of the nine to five athlete. Not everyone has to love you. Not everyone has to love what you say. In the past, they've been very... I think it's just a trait of myself, a people pleaser. But when I was able to step away from that and be able to put, as I said, be able to put my head above the parapet and for my mates sometimes to slag me off for things that I say or things that I do and boys on my football team to I maybe go home early from a football night out and like, you boring bastard. I'm like, sorry guys, up at eight for a run tomorrow. Like be okay with that sort of stuff. Be okay with the fact that what you're doing is a little bit different from what society thinks you should maybe be doing. Like if all of us were doing the same thing as the rest of the population we're doing, then we'd just be the same as everyone else. Like what you're doing right now as a coach with your online business, with your in-person business, whatever it is, there's a good chance that you're going to have to stick your head above the parapet to actually make a difference because yeah, you're trying to appeal to a small amount of people, not fucking everyone in the world. Yeah, mate. Mark Manson, you can't be seen as a life-changing presence to some without being seen as a joke or an embarrassment to others. And I think uh, that's something that, that resonates so hard. So, buddy, I absolutely love that answer. Two final questions for me. Number one, if you could go back to Ryan, uh, sat in his mum's spare bedroom, working in Amazon, who uh, gave the high-performance coach his, his, last, his last kind of, uh, his last money, what would you say to that guy now, if you could go back? Yeah, to be fair, like I think I was probably saying a similar thing at the time. I was like, you need to you need to just go for this. Like I always envisioned the trajectory of A and B. A was the Amazon warehouse guy who just kept doing that same shit and ended up fucking cocaine addict. Or it was B. It was like, just go fucking all in with this. Go hard. And God knows what could happen at the end of it. Um, and I would say to that guy, just pick B. <laughs> we know you did pick B, but pick B. Go hard at it because... Like it feels like it was like 10 years ago, but it was literally only two to three years ago. If you go hard at it, work like a dog for two to three years, you just never know what's going to happen. It could be everything that you fucking wished for, um, which it has been. And what's next? What's next? It's it's kind of a lot about what I spoke about um, just before with having a bigger impact within within Forfer and just building this brand. And that's not a case of, that's not me talking about more clients, more clients. It's me talking about having a bigger impact, literally making this a brand as well, like making this like a well-known thing in Forfer, making this like the go-to, um, the go-to thing, the go-to coaching program, the go, everyone wants to be a part of this. Um, I'm also getting married in 2025 in Marbella. Um, 
began to create quite a affiliation with Marbella. I quite like that place, um, especially when it's sunny, not when it's raining like it was that December. And yeah, <laughs> there's there's going to be a hell of a lot happening over the next year and a bit, but um, it's exciting. It really is. Dude, absolutely amazing. I think, again, like watching your trajectory, watching your growth and watching your evolution from, uh, again, where you were to where you are right now, what you've been able to work through, some of the key defining moments, but how you've now been able to behave, uh, I think is nothing other than an absolute credit and a testament to you, mate. And uh, yeah, being able to kind of witness now the impact that you're having and how you're able to facilitate positive change uh, on such a scale and in such a way is a credit to you. And I know that this is the just the beginning in terms of what's to come. So Mr. Ryan Sturton, uh, you're an integral uh, part of the High Performance Coach and uh, mate, a huge leader in what it is that we do. So uh, my friend, thank you so much for sharing your story and look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care, brother. Thank you very much, mate.